This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. move into stoppage time at the end of the game here's a chance for Villa maybe with Ross Barkley unbelievable Ross Barkley with a cracker as we move into stoppage time are Villa about to maintain their 100% record in the Premier League welcome to the my Man said podcast your non-glory hunting podcast, the podcast that dedicates itself to the invincibles of the 2020-21 season. Joining me for some post-match reflections on a uh, last gasp win, Mr. Chris Bird, welcome Uh, back. Hello, thank you very much. And Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. We are adjourning from uh, Match Club. Uh, We're doing this show to add to the one I've just put out. It's just to keep it uh, up to date with some uh, Leicester reflection as uh, the games come thick and fast. And we are obviously playing Leeds on Friday night. So uh, we'll get this up and then do a proper show uh, after Leeds. But do go to uh, episode 118 to uh, catch up on the real full-length show, which features underrated or overrated with Stephen Warnock and Jean McCoon, as well as uh, an update on everything that's been happening uh, over the last couple of weeks. Right, uh, on to the Leicester game. We have a first 11, which picks itself at the moment, uh, so no surprises there. Leicester, few men down. Vardy was out. There, there was some talk that he would play some part of the game. Madison uh, was on, started off on the bench, so uh, he was expected to make some kind of uh, at least a cameo appearance. So it was set up for a Villa win, but the game uh, was a lot more cagey. And it was a game that's it's a different Villa now, isn't it? It's like they respected us, and uh, we're going into these games like 50-50. It was, a, it was just a really competitive game, wasn't it? I mean, it's 
you know, to, to get a, a win against a good side in a sort of smash and grab fashion, having just dismantled the champions, shows two very, very different ways that you can win against you know, yeah. very good teams. It's a you know, it's a real positive. It's a very different statement to make against Liverpool, but it's still a, a really strong statement to make. I think. Yeah, when you're going to win the league, all the teams that win leagues always always get injury time winners. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. <laughs> Phil, are you believing? Yes. Some people that might know me might think that's a shock, but no. I mean, if you can't get excited for a four game winning start. With the league and the state it is in this year, with other teams' defences and things, then you're watching the wrong game. I mean, it, it is there for the taking, so take it. I mean, we've won six of the last eight games across the, the two seasons, haven't we, in the league? You, you can't argue with that form. As, some, as somebody said, I think it was in Match Club, but we seem to be the only team that's learnt how to defend. Yeah, and it's like the, it, was a, it was a phrase I probably overused a lot the year we got promoted and last year. It was, we just looked like a team. We've got our shit together now. Yeah. I mean, we're sweat. We're yeah, we're switched on. I mean, that was the first game out of the four. I would say that both teams were switched on to the same level. It was it was really competitive. From yeah, it the was first whistle. I think I said on the on the episode one one eight. Do not be surprised by what we potentially could achieve this season because uh, we joke about winning the league. You know, we joke about challenging for the league. But the the one thing that keeps us uh, based in reality is the, there is a lack of depth in our squad, and we're one or two injuries away from uh, being seriously compromised. But at the moment, it's all good. Uh, going into the game, I, it's that Villa Rewards thing, Pride Points, where you yeah, can they do, they do some competitions and you can select a player for each game and you get points if they perform well. I chose Ross Barkley because I thought, because he wasn't at the uh, any, any international break involvement, uh, and I thought he'd get two weeks to catch up you know, with Smith, you know, get him up to speed. But post-match interview, he was talking about he was 50-50 for the game and uh, he was dedicating the gold to a, the physio, wasn't he? So uh, it was quite surprising because he was a, a little bit off. Uh, I was expecting a bit more during the game, but still strong enough to uh, play the full 90 and then pop up in injury time. Yeah, it's just, it was. you could see the, the quality and that, that finish in injury time. I mean, you could compare it to the way McGinn played just before he got injured last season. It was, Barkley even said himself there, him and McGinn, McGinn sort of interchanged positions there. So he sat deep and yeah. McGinn went on. And to ha- like we said before, to have the options to do that now, it's it's fantastic. I mean, ultimately, you know, if you're going to improve as a side, you you need your big players to turn up in the big moments. Yeah. And, and so far they have. I mean, speaking of big players, uh, Jack Grealish came back. Uh, I thought those two two uh, games sitting in the uh, the crowd watch... Well, there's no crowd there, but you know what I mean. Sitting in, on the bench for the England games, that would have revved up his desire to get back and play for Villa. And he, and he played like that. He was uh, like a man possessed at time, but it kind of... He, he, he was guilty of overplaying. And there was a couple of breaks there where there was like Watkins... Free on was it when he was charging down the middle and Watkins was out on the left or the right? Yes, he was out. Yeah, yeah. Watkins went left. Yeah. Alternately, he could have played it the other way, and he, he did hang on to the ball and and entered traffic uh, a couple of times. I think I said in Match Club that uh, when he came back from the England squad, this was in some interview he did. Somebody asked him, you know, who's the best player in the England squad, or, or words to that effect, or who's impressed him the most, and he said he was saying to uh, Dean Smith that Sancho. Actually, he, he almost like dribbles into trouble to see if he can get out of it. And there was a bit of that with from Grealish uh, against Leicester because there was opportunities where he could have released it 
at the same time, he did some miraculous stuff. Don't get me wrong. But at other times, sometimes the simple ball was on or he didn't pull the trigger when he had a chance. Yeah, I think our, our sort of decision-making in, in, in those real key moments and the final third was just a little bit off. Whereas I think against Liverpool, it was like, you know, every time we yeah. got into the final third, we just struck gold. I mean, you, you're going to get games like that, but it's, you know, it's great that really Barclays was the only real open shooting opportunity we actually we made in the game where he thought well he's the shot is definitely on here and he's and he's buried it because we didn't have a shot on target in the first half mainly because it was just that last ball we, we kind of fluffed our lines on it when madison came on there i thought that was a turning point i think phil mentioned it that suddenly the game looked open Leicester were obviously looking at right. Let's get the win. Let's try to get the snatch the win here. So Madison coming on would have opened it up for Villa. I mean, obviously he's a danger. Leicester suddenly a live threat, but at the same time, I think suddenly they're being drawn in a bit more and open more to the counter. Yeah, definitely. Because before that, the the two teams were cancelling each other out. It was almost as if two formations, two teams that want to play exactly the same way, and then two teams of equal quality, which is very nice to say considering what we've been through against Leicester in previous seasons. Then once obviously Madison came on, they took off. I think it was Pratt that took off, and it was it just opened up like a whole channel through the middle, and you've seen both Leicester and ourselves there just starting to break through the middle. But if anything, we in those last ten minutes we broke far more than Leicester. I mean, there was other chances as well. Yeah, we said we said at the time that you know at what point do you when you get sort of the last twenty minutes away at Leicester do you stick or do you twist? And this was one of those ones where actually I think Villa just they got the balance just right where they still managed to push without sort of overexerting themselves, and then when they got the opportunity to go, McGinn. Barkley would would really drive on, um, and obviously Barkley, you know, Barkley picks the ball up in a great position, and you know you, you you fancy a player like that from that range. Just I mean, just before that, Traore came on and uh, actually had a chance with that header, and that that looked like yeah. you know, the last chance. But he was looking pretty tidy uh, without doing anything, you know, over and above. He he was looking pretty tidy, uh, but yeah, you thought that was the final chance uh, when he had a chance with that header. But he looks like at least he's somebody we bring on, and it it's not just a token gesture, sir. But if you know what I mean. No, well, I think he's, a, he's another option, isn't he? And I think you know Trezeguet put in a brilliant. 80 minute performance it's um possibly didn't get some of the end the end product that he would have he would have liked but for sheer hard work and application yeah he was one of the mans of them sort of the real unsung heroes and one of the men of the match i would say you know it, it will go under the radar to a certain extent but i thought he was yeah, really really good yeah I mean, like him and cash on that right hand side yeah. i mean this you know when you look at liverpool how they? How do they? You know, how are they the, the team that they are and winning the Champions League and the league? It's because they will outwork you as well as you know having great players. They will also outwork you. So when you got players like Trezeguet giving, you know, putting in shifts like that and cash, this is the recipe of success. Well, we earned the right, didn't we? You know, you've, sometimes you have to go away from home against good teams, and you have to to sort of battle. And you know, Matty Cash put in a great shift. I thought on the other side, Matt Target did. The two centre backs did. I thought Martinez yet again. You know, he had, I think, all the saves he had to make, you would expect him to make, but everything he did, he did with a cool calmness. And a, you As know, they say, he was doing his job. Doing his job, did it mm-hmm. well. And you look through the team and they were all, you know, it was another solid team performance with a couple of little, you know, um, sprinklings of quality when we needed it. I mean, some yep. audacious stuff from Grealish. Oh, sorry, the, 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 the back heel from Jack in the first half where he sort of pulls the the right back and the, the winger out to the touchline, turns them round and almost turns them back in on themselves and slips in target, doesn't he? Yeah, there was one in the, the second half as well when he set Barkley up. He managed to just beat four players and get it into the box and just slide it through to Barkley. He was unlucky when he got a shot blocked. But, you know, people shouldn't... We, 
even we're surprised by it and we watch him every week. He's really starting to, to catch the eye. He, he's in a very rich vein of form there, so hope it keeps on as long as people don't lunge into horror tackles on him like they did in the first half. There's, there's, there's a famous, uh, I think it's from uh, 1986 World Cup uh, when Argentina played Belgium and there's a famous picture of uh, Maradona taking on about six or seven players. And at times it was like that. Grealish was like surrounded by four, five, six Leicester players once he got near the edge of the box. And it's kind of ridiculous because he'll do pull some tricks out. That's what I was saying about San- uh, Sancho. It's almost like Grealish was trying it. It's like, right, I'm going to run into these four players, see if I can get through them. You do some like little turn trick, get through two of them. But you, you think, yeah, that's all well and good. But sometimes just a simple ball gives you the better result. People on Twitter saying world-class, genius, incredible. But there was no end product there. And that's like the kind of balance that one hand it's like genius and you love it and that's why you know you want to uh be there to witness this i mean i was gonna say if you're at the ground that's why you pay your ticket money but you know we're not obviously doing that or if you're online that's why you pay in inverted commas to watch it yeah not that you would do such a foolish thing <laughs> maybe you did i don't know but uh but at the same time you know it's like you got your kevin richardson's back in the day who you couldn't remember one great thing that he did, but he was the guy that made the other players play because he did the simple things right. And sometimes uh, it's you know it's a balance with Grealish because you can be, be world class because you've got a little uh, two second clip of skinning four Leicester players, but nothing ended. You know there was no result at the end of it, so it's kind of a balance. You you need to be uh, doing effective stuff as well as the showboating. I mean, the, the great thing is he's 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 doing it consistently now, isn't he? Every time he's he's yeah. getting on the field. He is running the game, and that's what we wanted to see, sort of post COVID in that in that you know the, the very sticky period just after the restart. But he's since the start of the season, and as we sort of said, you know, after he got his England call up, it just feels like a weight's been lifted off his shoulders. They were looking at him as if he's on another level, and they were running scared most of the time. And that that is kind of interesting. It's not like oh, that's Jack Grealish; he's a tricky player. We better put two men on him. This was like somebody, as you said, was running the game. Well, and you're also you're seeing the difference it makes to the way he can. Play. Play when you're getting a fully fit firing McGinn, who you know had a, a, a pretty good game on his birthday. Happy birthday to him! When you've got Barkley as a willing runner, and then Louise, who's just solid in the number six role. And as Phil's mentioned numerous times, Louise has got that little bit of shit house about him now, where he'll, he'll he will have a niggly foul and he'll get a yellow card every now and then, and he'll. And if I suppose if we're going to mention shit house, or you have you have to mention <laughs> Matty Cash incident where he yanked down um, Harvey Barnes. Cash has made the mistake, tried to shepherd the ball out. Harvey Barnes has got round him and he's not only got, you know, he's, he knows he's gone past him. He grabs one on, you know, one hand of his shorts, realises he's going to get booked anyway. So he just says, he goes, yeah, fuck it. I'll just go with both. Yeah, grabs him with both hands. Louise, early doors, I said in match club at half time, uh, you know, if Villa were breaking and I think it was like two or three times, Louise was one of the fur- furthest forward Villa players. And uh, I was kind of intrigued. At w- where was he actually playing? That you know, Ross Barkley said he started off as a number ten and then switched from McGinn. So I was just wondering where initially Louise was set up because you saw him always on the end end of uh, the Leicester penalty box, and you expect him to be a lot lot deeper than that. You know, he's getting carried away after being away playing with Brazil and Neymar, and all he's just still in the <laughs> samba spirit. There was a lot of quite interesting sort of interchanging between the Villa midfield, really, where they were all kind of, they'd all move around swap positions, but actually they'd all hold the shape really well. That was something that the commentators were were picking up on, that actually right from the word go, when we didn't have the ball, our shape was superb. You look at Louise and he, he's, he is a threat going forward and he's, you know, he's obviously skillful as well. So he can, 
let's say if he had a massive injury crisis, he could play a number 10, I, I, you know, I would venture. I think he could play anywhere in the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. You could say the same as Ross Barkley. He can play number eight, can play number 10, no no problem. McGinn, same thing. So that interchangeability that you just mentioned is is a real deal. And sometimes, you, you know, just little switches, little tweaks, just swapping one or two of the players uh, can, you know, be a difference in terms of uh, getting some competitive edge if it's... Uh, stalemate in there picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a mcdelivery at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com i thought uh, i mean interestingly watkins was was hardly in the game after being almost like dynamite against liverpool in terms of running the channels and really uh giving their back four of liverpool and you know nightmare uh 90 minutes but in this game the, i mean the new guy is it fofana of leicester i thought he dealt with him uh pretty convincingly i thought leicester's back four played pretty well in general i thought both back fours did actually i thought they they, they kind of handled Grealish in difficult circumstances and managed to kind of isolate Watkins pretty well under the high ball um, and they didn't play the high line that Liverpool did. I think that's one thing that teams will probably learn that there's no point in playing a really high line against Villa because we can just pop it in behind you. It was uh, Liverpool just basically had their pants pulled down, didn't they? Yeah, completely. <laughs> and Leicester was a completely different uh, type of pants pulling down exercise. Yeah. I mean, it's two two last minute wins against Leicester in a calendar year is pretty satisfying after being dismantled by them twice last year in the league. Very oh, convincingly. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about the other uh, the Trezeguet uh, injury time. Uh, oh, they say lightning doesn't strike twice, and it did this time. <laughs> how, how wrong can you get? I mean, the weird historical fact uh, that made me go seriously. I didn't think we were we were that bad. The first time since the 1930 stroke 31 campaign that we've actually won the first four games of a league season. Nuts. Uh, we went on to finish second in that top flight. But, but yeah, like the time when John Gregory, when he's had a uh, when he took over from Brian Little and had a storming uh, back end, but it started off the season we were top at Christmas, were we not? Yeah, and after you, beating Arsenal, yeah. So, so it was a bit of a, you know, considering we've also won the league as well. This is 1930 we're talking about here. So it's quite astonishing. I mean, I think it's this. It was the start of the um, the last Paul Lambert season. Was the last time we won two games away from home back to back and actually kept clean sheets. I mean, that's yeah. a, you know as, as as big as an achievement. You know, it's a big win, but to to keep a clean sheet away from home against a big team is another little sort of weight off our back because that is something in the last few years Villa have not done very much of, even in the Championship. Well, with like ten five minutes to go, I was actually. I mean, normally I don't. I'm not one for settling for a point, but I thought this would actually be one of the better nil nils i've probably seen villa get in terms of as you say the importance of uh keeping that clean sheet if we, it was better than one one like a one one draw if we had nil nil it's a, it's actually pretty useful going forward for the reasons you just said but it just exemplifies uh we probably have the only let's say the only team who seems to have it together defensively and that came out of nowhere when you considered last season only norwich conceded more goals than us yeah i mean it's, just, it's as if we've in those final few games of the last season, we found the formation that we needed to play and the way we needed to play. And then over the summer, the transfers we slotted in were right, strengthen that position, but keep the same formation and keep the same style of play and just slot in the, the sort of the finishing touches. Yeah. And you know, when we signed Ross Barkley, uh, we knew that was like a marquee signing. 
and he scored in each of his games. And uh, as you know, the BBC stats uh, put out, that's as many as he's managed in his last forty-two games for Chelsea. Well, t- to go and buy two players of the quality of Barkley and. Martinez and to get them in a really sort of hungry frame of mind I think that's that can't be underestimated you know we spent a lot of money on Martinez but he looks like a good investment and a loan deal for a player of you know a calibre of of Ross Barkley to get him on loan is is pretty much unheard of really yeah because normally a player like that would go on loan abroad they wouldn't really go you know to a team who at the moment are above Chelsea in the league I mean, we you know we were joking in Match Club about the title, and I was saying this is kind of a perfect storm. But there is a certain element of a perfect storm to this because Ross Barkley, if he fires on all cylinders, it's going to be difficult to keep him. Douglas Louise, is it if he's suddenly like he's playing for Brazil and he's like the real man? Uh, are Manchester City going to uh, exercise whatever dodgy clause they have to uh, buy him back at a you know reasonable rate? So we may lose those two players. So this, you know, let's make the most of what's going on here. Uh, I mean, as we said, just if we got a striker in, because Keenan Davis is injured at the moment, just to give us that option, like a game like this where it's nil-nil, it's stalemate, and then you're going into the last five or so minutes, that's when you, you know, you could have uh, subbed off Watkins or given him an extra man up there with him. And we don't have that dimension, but our midfield, I think, is uh, solid as a rock. It's almost like make hay where the sun shines. I mean, this is... Like you said, it's a perfect storm. If we want to do anything, this is the this is like a, a golden opportunity. This is the gift this season has been given to us because other teams are in your involved in Europe, and who knows if they have to quarantine or anything when they come home. We could end up playing some of these bigger sides that are involved in Europe in a weakened state. So you have to take advantage of it. We may never get this chance again. Yeah, I think it's definitely a perfect storm. There's been a precedent before it with Leicester, and we've got two of the guys who know everything about that. So we've got that in insight. So, you know, I think somebody said, uh, Richard Keyes on being sport uh, had said, oh, if, you're, if you'd said to Villa now, if you offered them 17th, they would take it. Basically, he hasn't got the memo yet that Villa are a decent team. That I mean, that thinking, that is like just dumbness. Well, it's just ignorance, isn't it? Ignorance is a better word, exactly. And uh, Andy Gray corrected him and said they should be going for top 10. If you actually study the game, if you looked at the league, if you looked at the games that have happened at the moment, defence is all over the place. No teams. Liverpool are even looking at themselves in the mirror now after what we did to them going, what's going on? <laughs> and, they've, and they've lost their one of their talisman, especially at the back. Yeah, no, exactly. So we've defragged the old champions and they've lost their uh, main man. And their goalie, of course. Yeah. And uh, who else? You know, Spurs might be getting something together, but I don't think they're as co- cohesive as us. I mean, maybe Bale will spark into uh, Magic Man again. Well, he came off the bench and they conceded three, so he can't be that good. <laughs> but is he doing anything at this stage of his career above and beyond what Grealish is doing? I don't think so. Manchester City trying to work out what their what their motivation is. I, I would uh, venture Manchester United. I mean, defense is a joke. Man, you are treading water, aren't they, at the moment? Wolves, not the legends they thought they were. And they've lost a key man in Yotta. So I thought certain teams like Chelsea, Manchester United would improve this season, but they've started off 
I mean, it's early days. We're not we're not getting ahead of ourselves. But what we're saying is there is a, a spectrum here of potential, and we have got that perfect storm moment where we have out of nowhere suddenly got a midfield that Grealish can look around himself and feel like quite happy that he's at Villa and can think about the possibilities of how he can express himself and uh, take Villa into deeper waters in terms of achievement. Right, I think uh, that's enough before we start making any uh, crazy statements. <laughs> <laughs> and getting giddy with this but this was it this was a test i mean i think the the liverpool game's an anomaly so you don't know where we really are but this was a real uh, litmus test in terms of uh, what we can do as we were just saying about that the defensive the clean sheet was a massive thing as well and we can get you know dig those results out and when barkley you've got another match winner and he's scoring goals now after having uh, you know bit of a shitty return for Chelsea if he's only got two in the last 42 appearances right so anyway any closing thoughts here we are uh, this is a quick reaction we will be up and at it at Leeds that should be a, a barrel of laughs the old Leeds game that's the one that apart from I mean Liverpool I would have loved to have been there but Leeds game uh, I think is a fun because both fans have obviously got a little bit of rivalry left over from the championship and the, the crazy things that happen but I think Leicester was the a, a test of character and I think we passed it and we've got a little bit more resolve than I thought we had Leeds I think you expect to beat Leeds now do you not well it's a very competitive game it'll be a good one be lively yeah just uh, sw- swat them away just swat them away like a, a f- annoying fly they are I mean the good news in terms of the Leeds game is Leeds have to play Monday night against Wolves and you know that's not going to be an easy game so they have less one less day and it's quite a tight turnaround to be playing two weekday games Monday and a Friday is not uh, ideal for them my parting gift will be just enjoy the process considering Four years ago today, we went to Reading and won away from home for the first time in 438 days. And now we've won two on the bounce and we're second in the league. And My parting gift is complete reset. Forget about 17th. Tell Richard Keys to fuck off. Think about what we can achieve this season. And that that's like 10th upwards in terms of if the title race doesn't quite work out, if we can get into Europe, that'll be a bonus. What's the saying? Aim for the uh, stars and you might hit the moon. Is that the saying? It is the saying, David. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Right. Phil Shaw, any words of wisdom? There's there's nothing really to say. I mean, like I said, if you don't if you don't enjoy where we're at at the minute, football's the wrong game for you. So go into every game thinking we're, we're going to win this game. Yeah. And don't tell us that, oh, it's only four games. If you can't read the tea leaves of what's happened so far and you can't read what the first 11 is and how they're playing. And, you know, we're, this is in a team in its infancy as well, by the way. The potential uh, is potentially scary. Just want to say thank you for everybody who joined us uh, and hung around to injury time in Match Club. It's, it's good when you're a winning team now. It's sort of quite mellow, isn't it, Match Club? It doesn't feel quite so much like group therapy, does it? Yeah, no, exactly. And... Half expected to win. Wasn't a, a big shock apart from uh, Jags, who uh, kept repeating every five minutes. How did we win that game? <laughs> Bit of a miracle. Uh, thank you very much, as always, to the My Man Said patrons, and that includes uh, everybody in Match Club. And uh, that is one of the big perks, is uh, everybody gets to, ha- all the patrons hang out in Match Club for these lockdown games. Uh, thank you very much, Matthew Handley, for signing up as the latest patron since I put the podcast out, uh, well, today, actually, uh, the episode 118. Uh, if you want to join us in Match Club and become a My Old Man Said patron and get extra podcasts, etc., please do go to myoldmansaid.com and click on the patron link for more details. Thank you very much. Right, until Battle of the Leeds.
It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans